It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Peppermint. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother Dusty, and I believe we are ready to put some caps in some gangbangers. How's it going, Dust? Great. How are you, bro? Doing very good. Thank you very much. The weather is getting so much nicer. It was been, it's was it been a high of like 105 for the past week, and finally down today, it's down to a high of 88, and I'm just loving it. The windows are open here, and uh, you know, great weather is great living, you know? Absolutely. I mean, there's no wonder why a lot of people love living in California, especially near the coast. Now, I'm in Arizona, and it's still like 106, but with the humidity pretty low, it, you know, it's it's tolerable. I actually went for a run this morning, like around 5 o'clock, and it was really nice and cool outside, or relatively cool for, for Arizona or for Phoenix desert coolness. But uh, yeah, this fall, I love the fall. Actually, I love all the seasons. You know, as the seasons change, it's fun just seeing the difference and experiencing the change in the weather. Yeah, you know, I've never uh, been in Arizona like you are for a change in seasons. Is there a noticeable change from summer to fall to winter to spring? Oh, no, it's always hot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying most, mostly in Fresno, or at least in California, you experience different seasons. I absolutely love that. Now here, it's going to cool off. It'll be in the winter. It'll be like a low of... I don't know, 50 degrees, a high of like 72. So it's it's beautiful. There's a reason why people snowbird or snowbird's a term where people go from really cold places like, you know, Wyoming and, all, and drive all the way down or come down and stay the winter in Arizona because it's so much nicer in Arizona during the winter. Yeah, totally. You and I, our grandparents, Peggy and Bill, did that for many years. Oh, many, many, many years. In fact, what I'll probably do, because eventually I'd like to move to Idaho or someplace that's not as hot, you know, a little, uh, be able to be more in the mountains and instead of the desert, but we'll keep this house and we'll do an Airbnb for this house. And then whenever we want to come back into town to visit for the winter, we'll snowbird and, you know, come back down here for, for a month or two months and then go right back up. Totally, man. That's a good plan. For me, being here in Fresno, it gets pretty darn hot in the summer, but in the winter, really, you know it. It's never that cold, man. The, the low might be like 30 at, at the worst, the low of 30, and that's really easy to survive, especially in, you know, uh, 30 or at night. During the day, it might be a low of like 55, and anybody can deal with that, man. I don't oh, yeah. even... I can't even remember when I last wore like a heavy jacket in Fresno. Probably never. It's always like a light pullover. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I know everybody else is listening to this. They're going to be all over the world and different um, uh, areas of uh, uh, the season and how hot and cold they might be. Like I have rental properties in Ohio where it just dumps snow all the time and it's freezing. I mean, it gets below zero. So they have to have their furnaces on all the time. So anyways, yeah, living in, I actually, I've realized how much I prefer or, and, or, um, appreciate heat. Like being able to get outside is just awesome. When every single um, day of the, the year I can get outside and do stuff, even if when it gets hot, you know, I still go outside and play around. And as long as you're in the shade, it, it's much easier. And, but yeah, so I, I really appreciate the heat. 
Yeah, so do I sometimes, sometimes. Not the humidity, though. That's always uh, unbearable for me. But anyway, let's get off the weather and get into the movie. So you and I watched a killer movie. Well, for me, it was killer. We'll talk about it. We watched Peppermint. Uh, Peppermint was written by Chad St. John, and I didn't know his name, but he wrote in the past, London Has Fallen. Really fun movie. I really enjoyed that one a lot. And this was also directed by Pierre Morel, and I don't know if you know his name, Dust, but he's the guy who directed the very first Taken, which that is an that was awesome good. movie. He also did The Gunman with Sean Penn. Have you seen either of those? I've seen Taken and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that yes. and have not seen The Gunman. I'm not a big Sean Penn fan. Actually, I, I refuse to watch any of his movies. He's absolutely horrible. Uh, well, I, I would disagree there. I think he's a good actor, but he's not a go-to actor of mine. You know I mean? As soon as I see a movie with Sean Penn, that's kind of a, you know, I'll catch it on Netflix sometime in the future. Well, I, no, not, sorry, not saying that his acting is bad. He's actually a, a decent actor. I just don't want to give him any of my time and brain power because of just how his personality outside of the movies. I just, I just really rubs me wrong, but you know, a lot of people might really like him, but it's, you know, when he goes and cozies up with, uh, communist dictators that are killing people i was like ah he's a little too much for me i'm not going to spend any money on watching any of his movies i completely understand that yeah so anyway peppermint i found it to be a really fun super action-packed movie uh slow in the beginning of course because she's just you know a regular mom family living a normal working life and then things pick up later on but really i really love the pace of it about one third of the way through from you know from when she makes her first kill and beyond i just freaking love this movie Definitely. And I love the way that they edit it. They didn't start from the beginning and showed you her life and mm-hmm. with the kid and all that sort of stuff. Like the first thing you see is her being as bad as she is, you know, as, as awesome as she is killing people and stuff like that. It's the first thing you see. And then they go back and do a flashback to see everything that happened leading up to the point. So I thought that was a great way of, of t- changing up the storytelling just a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you there. And uh, I really liked how, well, this movie totally reminded me of The Punisher or even Kevin Bacon did a movie once once called Death Sentence where, you know, the person's family dies and then now it's time for revenge. They're going to vigilante everybody and just, you know, kill away. And I found it to be the violence in those movies, uh, Death Sentence, The Punisher, and of course in this one, it's really like cathartic or satisfying violence. You know, in the beginning, well, she kills that one gangbanger in the beginning, but after that, you see her family die, and that was that's heartbreaking. That is so hard to watch. I couldn't imagine experiencing that. Just terrible violence. But then beyond that, I loved seeing her get back at all those guys. So satisfying. It is absolutely satisfying. And seeing how amazingly focused, laser focused she is on her task of killing every single one of them. Like uh, after creating her plan, you know, she just kept moving along with her plan. And when, when she got finally got the car, the vehicle, the truck to actually go into the compound and go after them. Like she didn't stop to plan. She's like, I'm, I, hey, this is where he is. I'm going after him. I thought it was really well paced, um, ups and downs as far as the ebb and flow of the movie and the storytelling. But it was thoroughly entertaining. I was really um, enjoying it. Plus, I think Jennifer Garner is a great actress. She does a great job. Um, I never really watched Alias. I may have watched like one episode or part of an episode. I don't know why I just never got into it. But I know she, this was a, a somewhat kind of like or she's not foreign to having an action packed um, or being a part of the action in movies in the past 
Yeah, totally. She's a great action uh, action actor as well as just regular drama stuff. She's done some pretty good stuff too. Um, and uh, and just speaking of her, uh, she is just super tough in this movie. You can tell in the beginning she goes from just like I said, just a regular married woman, you know, with a daughter, uh, just your average person working in a bank, to now a badass. And and what I really want to see is that there was something there. Five years passed, right? There was a time when she did a Linda Hamilton like Sarah Connor from Terminator, Terminator 2, where, you know, our character, um, she ended up going to Hong Kong and learning how to fight and stuff. But, but like Linda Hamilton and, and, or Sarah Connor and Terminator, she hooked up with like military types down in, um, Southern, Southern South America and learned how to fight, learned weapons so that she could teach John Connor. Well, our character here in Peppermint, she did the exact same thing, but she learned, uh, to fight in order to get revenge. And I want to see sometime later, a prequel showing her time in Hong Kong. Ah, that would be interesting. Now, as you were talking about that, got me really thinking about the character and her personality. You know, you can think of that as she was trying to escape and all that sort of stuff um, and actually went away and then she started training. And then, you know, part of my brain starts to think, you know, she said, I really want to take out these guys, so I'm going to go after them. And then she learns how to be really aggressive and really, you know, just as, as amazing as she is killing people. But you can see that she already had the instinct inside of her when the the three guys were getting off scot-free because the judge was, was bad, the DA was bad, um, every everybody was bad, she jumps out of the witness chair and tries to attack them. You can see that she is that is absolutely inside of her to do that and then to then go away, learn all this amazing stuff and then come back and really, you know, whoop up up and on everybody. You can see that the progression, like she, it didn't just all of a sudden she woke up like that was absolutely inside of her from the very beginning. Totally. And it's a good thing that it was a five year lapse. If it would have was like six months later, she came back and was doing this stuff because she was basically John wicking everybody in the movie. She had crazy mad skills, was able to handle so many different weapons. She knew how to clear a room and she knew who to target first and stuff. I mean, six months later, no good. Five years, totally believable. Absolutely. Now, I've also been watching Jack Ryan. Have you seen that on the Amazon Prime? No, but I hear good things. You should watch it, or at least I thoroughly enjoy it. Very, very entertaining. Story is a really, really good story. One thing in there that a character says to Jack Ryan, the main character, says, "You're a you're a wolf." Prepent, pre, sorry, let me, let me let me say it right. You're a wolf pretending to be a sheep, mm. even though he himself thinks he's a sheep. He doesn't think that he's you know this bad wolf that's going to go out and take out everybody. You know, he's he's an analyst, and so. Um, but the the other character that says this to him realizes that this guy, Jack Ryan, in deep down inside of him is a wolf, even though he doesn't know it. And then as the story goes through, um, and I, like I said, I really enjoyed it. So I would encourage anybody else, if you have any uh, inclination to watch it, very, very good. Jack Ryan's really good. But as the story goes on, you can see how he becomes the wolf that he actually is on the inside. Same thing with, with Pe- Peppermint, the, the um, uh, main character. What was Riley. her name? Riley. Yeah. She, from the very inside, was always a wolf, and she was always um, had that inclination inside of her. And seeing that come out, when you see her come up and start mopping up the entire city, just awesome. Very, very fun to watch. 
Without a doubt. And uh, her name, not her name, I'm sorry, the name of the movie was Peppermint. And I was wondering, oh, what is that about? And, uh, you know, in seeing the, the the scene where they're getting the ice cream, the daughter asked for peppermint ice cream. But that didn't seem like enough to really name the movie Peppermint. And then after watching the movie, came home, watched the trailer. In the trailer, she's talking to her daughter. It's a scene that was left out of the movie. Talking to her daughter saying, you know, you're beautiful, you're a sweet daughter, you're full of peppermint. And it's just it's just kind of a bummer that they cut that out of the scene, out of the movie. I understand how maybe for pacing and it was unnecessary uh, because just her family dying and she obviously loved them. That was enough motivation to go on this journey for her. But I just found that kind of funny. The movie is called Peppermint and it wasn't really a good explanation as to why. There... There was some critics that say, and I don't usually listen to critics or I'll, I'll read it and be like, okay, I don't agree with lots of things that they say. But one thing one of the critics said was, why did they name it Peppermint? Obviously, we know Peppermint Ice Cream and we know we see that she gets Peppermint. And, and But what's also very funny, like you said, the trailer actually had that statement that really helps you to name the, the name of the movie. But... That's all like you just have one quick little glimpse of what peppermint meant. And so the naming of the movie was really um, arbitrary. It's like, oh, let's just, you know what? Let's just, hey, she liked peppermint. Let's go ahead and put that in there. I thought that they could have done a lot better. Like um, the the female Punisher. (laughs) That's so horrible. But, you know, something that's different. The (laughs) female Punisher. Or just kill baddies. Kill baddies. (laughs) So having the movie titled Peppermint was a little weird. I was like, man, that just doesn't doesn't fit and then they take out the main thing that kind of makes you feel like it's a part of the movie and the reason why it's named that certain name you know i I was trying to think about it too and i figure the name could also come from that was the last bit of happiness that she had because didn't her daughter let her mom taste the peppermint ice cream yes so that was the last bit of happiness with her family sharing that peppermint ice cream so if you think about it in those terms Peppermint is a little bit more fitting of a movie name than have Kill ever, Baddies. Have you ever seen Bowfinger? Yes. So Bowfinger, you have Eddie Murphy's character. And, you know, it's it's basically about a movie about people who make movies. And there's one thing where Eddie Murphy's character says, it's too cerebral. <laughs> you know, it's too, mm-hmm. you have to think too much. And I, that really got me thinking of this. Like, in order to figure out Peppermint, you have to think too much in the movie um, they're, they're making us think too much and it's not even necessary. So with that peppermint title, you have to really kind of, okay, well this happened and this happened and this happened. You know, it's, it's funny in the, in Bowfinger, they say it a lot more funny. Like he's all, it's too cerebral. Same yeah. thing here. It's too cerebral. <laughs> it's too, I gotcha. Too it is, but me, you know, peppermint's just a good catchy name. I think it's the kind of thing that everyone will remember, but so getting away from the name, uh, you know, what I really found interesting was the two cops, right? I really thought from from midway, maybe through the first two thirds of the movie, I thought the 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 Mexican cop Beltran, I thought he was bad, and Carmichael would end up being the good guy for sure. They did a fantastic job mm-hmm. uh, showing you the two different characters, making you feel like the one is bad and the other one is good. Yeah, and because I felt the same way, especially the way that they had the character act and react. Um, uh, who was the Mexican um, Beltran, Hispanic guy? So Beltran, the way he was acting and reacting the way that they shot his face you know as he was considering things and thinking it really made you think okay he's planning something or he has something up his sleeve Mm -hmm. but that's not the case so obviously they did a little bit of trickery i guess if you could use that word to make you feel like but that really really good all of a sudden like oh he's the bad guy yep i thought so too and the guy who played the white detective carmichael um he 
uh, I really, I really like him, him as an actor. He was the ultimate bad guy in the movie called Hush, and he was the survivor in the Belko experiment. Did you ever see either of those? Wow, no, I've literally never seen him or or even heard of him. Oh my gosh, dude, you have to watch Belko experiment. Do not watch it with Melissa. Definitely don't watch <laughs> it with your kids. Hush as well. They're both really good movies, but Belko experiment. It's a James Gunn movie where. Um, or, you know, the, the final survivor gets to exit the game. That's what the Belco experiment is. You have to watch it. All right. Maybe you could put those in the show notes for everybody so that they can at least see, watch a trailer, but, um, I'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, my whole thing about trailers, um, <laughs> but oh, yeah, I shouldn't I'll, watch put, I'll put links there so people can check them out. Okay. Totally. Um, you know, I was so frustrated when Riley was in the witness chair and it was obvious that her lawyer, of course, the bad guys and their lawyer, and the judge was all against her and it was just such a crooked system. Um, uh, I, I was hoping at some point, you know, at that time watching the movie, I was hoping that she would come back, of course, kill all the gangbangers and stuff, but also kill the freaking judge and her lawyers. Absolutely. You could see, or at least as I was watching her in the witness chair, I could see her say, you're a part of this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come get you or like, or allude to something, but like, yeah, I wanted to see where she came back and said, Hey, this is what happened and you're done. And I really thoroughly enjoyed how, um, when she actually went and got the judge and was talking to him, didn't allow him to say anything, but basically the the whole scene was really entertaining because it's, it's vindication. You're like, Oh man, good justice is finally served. And when you have a judge that does not give justice, that's not a good judge. That judge should be gone absolutely and it was so satisfying seeing her blow him up and the nails through his hands too that was rad and did you go I, back and watch the trailer uh yeah i went back and watched it okay what was interesting in the trailer he's sitting there you can see the judge sitting there but his hands do not have nails in them like they either cgi'd in the nails or they did the shot again or something like that but if you watch a trailer there's no nails in his hands but you watch the movie there are nails in his hand yeah, but was he under duress with tape on his mouth or was he yes. just talking to her at the time? No, no, no. It was when she was actually leaving. Like you could tell this, she was about to blow it up. And this was the time where he actually had nails in his hand. You could clearly see it was something is like the nails are gone for some reason. Yeah, they probably shot that scene in two different ways with and without the nails. Um and for the movie, of course, because it's rated R, they could put the more gruesome, gory details. Yeah. But for the trailer, they probably better leaving that stuff out. I completely agree. I probably wouldn't even make the, you know, airing of yeah. the trailer. Like people wouldn't like it. And um, yeah, yeah. So totally interesting. Um, That's what I saw. Oh yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, I'm glad you caught that. Uh, I really liked her line to the judge. If you can tell me my name, you're going to live. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously this guy is so corrupt. He has done this to countless other people. He's padded his bank account probably with millions of dollars. He's not going to remember Riley North for sure. No, absolutely not. Now, as I was watching the movie, I thought there there are so... There were... If you think of Commando, let me pause that. Um, if you think of Commando, there's so many things that are illogical. Like, how in the world can one guy take on a whole entire army? Mm -hmm. Not saying the peppermint that they had an army here. But anyways, Commando had a huge army, but he would literally not get hurt or not get shot or anything. But he'd be killing everybody with just one shot. Um, so it didn't seem really logical in this movie. I didn't really get a sense of that. I'm going to ask you if you did, but I didn't get a sense that the things that she was doing was illogical or, Hey man, that couldn't have happened. That's just crazy. Or things like that. Like it's just movie, um, uh, things that came up that you don't believe. 
I didn't really get a sense of that. At least I don't recall having a sense of that. How about you? No, not at all, man. Everything that she was doing was logical, making sense. She had this all planned out, like the like the detectives and the FBI agents said. She's been here for three months. She's been scoping things out. She has a plan. She's going through with her plan, and she's killing dudes basically kind of one-on-one. And these dudes, they're not militarily trained, probably, right? They're just gangbangers with guns who, when they're up against other gangbangers or regular citizens, yeah, they're pretty tough and intimidating. But if you go up against somebody who knows how to clear a room, who knows how to handle weapons, um, um, who's been training for this kind of stuff, they are seriously um, outgunned, as you could say. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I didn't see her doing anything that wouldn't be normal, not say normal, because it's not normal killing people. But, you know, like, wow, that was just not a good um, uh, part of the movie where it's just unbelievable that she actually did that. I didn't see any of that. Like, uh, you know, I still remember when you went and watched Ace Ventura, we were obviously younger. You went and watched Ace Ventura in the movie theater and I hadn't, I went, didn't see it. You went with your friends and you came back and said, man, it was a great movie. It was a hilarious, blah, blah, blah. And then you went, you said, there's only one thing I didn't agree with. It was just rather stupid or it, di- it didn't, um, it was impossible for him to happen, but the, they were driving in the car where Ace is chasing down the car in front of them and they're shooting behind him at Ace. <laughs> and all of a sudden Ace goes bing. And it, like he, his head whips back and there's a bullet in his teeth. Like he just caught a bullet. Yep. And you know, the movie makes you kind of think that it actually caught it, but more, more like it was just fun. But uh, yeah, you said that was completely um, impossible. So I can't believe that they put that in there. Same thing in the peppermint. I didn't catch any of that. Like it was impossible for her to do. Yeah, not a single one. The only thing I didn't like that she did was that she uh, jumped out of that second story uh, window in a kind of a weird way to where you're going to be basically landing face first um, 15 feet down. You know what I mean? When she was was inside of the um, pinata making factory. That was the one thing I was all, there's got to be a better way to jump down from a window. Yeah, I mean, should you should have watched Mission Impossible, the one we just watched, the uh, Fallout. That's yep. the way you jump out of a window. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Tom. Cruise I I learned it. from Tom Cruise how to jump out yeah. windows. Yep. Um. You know, I really liked the whole social media. Uh, kind of small aspect of this where everybody not everybody most people were supporting her they knew why she was doing what she was doing and they were just on her side and I really think if this happened in real life um, I think that same kind of thing would happen I mean social media would be this would be the number one story around the nation and probably around the world and everybody would be weighing in you know she's killing gangbangers go get them girl I mean I I would be on her side as well absolutely and I jumping all the way to the end I loved that the um i can't remember his name uh beltran no yeah beltran it was carmichael or beltran 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 the the mexican cop yeah gives him gives her a key to get the cuffs i was like that's fantastic dude i honestly that if i were in his position and i knew exactly what everything that that had happened i would have done the same thing i was like she there's no way she should be put in prison for everything that she did she just did amazing stuff and she took care of the things that we would not even touch and yeah i love that so let me ask you with that escape, do you think there's going to be a part two? And if there will be a part two, do you have a prediction of what the storyline would be? Well, I really think, like I like I told you before, I want to see a prequel of her time in Hong Kong or wherever wherever else she goes learning how to fight. Because 
I mean, a, a sequel could be basically just, you know, after the Punisher, he gets revenge against the, the mafia members that killed his family. Now she could just go out. Um, she's already gotten her revenge. Now she could just find other gangbangers, other drug dealers, other mafia members to kill. Um, but I don't think anything beyond this will be all that motivating for her. So I really think, like, maybe she'll find another family and then something else bad will happen, or it's a prequel. But it, it'd be kind of weird that she goes off and now she's a vigilante in Los Angeles or New York or uh, Chicago or something, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, when I was thinking of, okay, there's at least it is leading towards there would be a part two to this. Mm-hmm. You know, she escapes and and she's completely, you know, amazing at killing people. So there would be something like that. And I was thinking maybe she watched... Um, Equalizer 2 or she listened to our our podcast where we talk about Equalizer 2 where um, Denzel Washington character he goes and takes the head off the snake you know because you still know that there's the head cartel out there that would eventually come back to get you and that's what Denzel Washington's character um, he knew that everything that he did it could come back to bite him because there's still the head of the snake and it seems like that could be because you know they were alluding to there they had the um the son of the head of the cartel come and threaten the the main uh bad guy and it looks like that could be the next thing is that they the cartel actually comes after her or she goes after the cartel where Denzel Washington character he was proactive and said I'm just going to go take the head off the snake right now it seems like maybe she might want to relax but then the head cartel is saying hey this chick she took out our a whole operation here in Los Angeles let's go and get her and so it seems like that could be the way that it actually works out for a part 2 that makes sense it could be a survival story as opposed to a revenge story in part 2 yeah, definitely. I like that idea. Um, speaking of the cartels, I really liked how uh, she hit two drug shipments of theirs. She also burned all their money. She also made it to where the Koreans don't trust um, Diego and his Mexican gang. And I think she did this uh, for, for two reasons. Probably to get them angry, to make them make mistakes. You know, that she's taken our money. She's taken our drugs. The boss up above hates me now or or just doesn't trust me. So now they're going to end up making mistakes and it'll be easier for him to, for her to kill everyone. The other thing is she's going up a guy against guys with guns, right? And it's very likely that somebody's going to get a lucky shot and she's going to fail and get killed at some point. But if she can make the big bosses down in Mexico, if she can make them really think that Diego Garcia is super incompetent and he's not worth uh, running their business, they might go down and kill him for her in case she ends up dying. That's a good point. I think, yeah, all those are great reasons to disrupt what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely good. Sweet. Oh, a couple other things. I really love the whole life-altering moment with that drunk father that was really reminiscent of Fight Club, getting their IDs, uh, saying, we'll, we'll be back in three years to check up, make sure you finished your college education, that kind of thing. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, that's Fight Club. That's yep. pretty. Now, it was in, obviously in a different way, uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I was like, I, I bet that dude is either penis pants and or, you know, he's making a decision. Hey, I got to quit. This is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, to, to go off on that, I don't think this movie really brought anything new to the whole revenge, vengeance kind of genre. But 
I don't think it needs to bring anything new because it was a super fun movie. And I think it really set out to do uh, what it wanted to do. It wanted you as the audience member to feel really sorry or to, 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 to align yourself with Riley and then to really enjoy her vengeance trip. And I think the movie totally succeeded, even though it didn't bring anything new to the genre. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And there's, there's a hard to bring a lot new to the genre. Now, mm-hmm. storytelling wise, there probably are ways that you can do it. But yeah, there wasn't a lot new. One thing I do like, and I do really appreciate, it seems like Jennifer Garner had really decent training with firearms. Obviously, yeah, yeah, obviously martial arts and everything. That's most people who are in action movies have to actually look the part with the with the um, uh, kicking and punching and all that sort of stuff. But with firearms, people just kind of think, oh, it's just a firearm. Let's just go ahead back. You know, back in the eighties, you would watch them. watch them with firearms and it's knowing now all the things I know about firearms I'm like they're doing it completely wrong like you could tell these guys are just actors that picked up a gun and said let me shoot and so thinking of John Wick if anybody if ever goes back and watches um uh, Keanu Reeves learning how to do three gun shooting that's with a AR15 a pistol and a shotgun you watch how he trained all throughout the process to get ready for John Wick absolutely amazing like you could tell um, uh, Keanu Reeves is really experienced because he practiced over and over and was trained by great, great guys that had uh, amazing skills with firearms. And it showed in the movie. It showed how amazing. And one thing, and maybe I can try to explain it well for the listeners, that if you think of like the 80s movies, you would have a cop or somebody who has a gun. They, If they're not pointing it at somebody, they're walking around with it pointed at the ground with their arms fully, fully extended and then kind of like hunching over, kind of looking around. Well, that's not at all the right way to carry a firearm. If you watch John Wick and he's clearing a room or he's going around, he's literally holding the firearm with both hands and it's at his chest. And it's already almost pointed wherever he's looking. So if at any moment something pops out in front of him, he could literally just pull the trigger and shoot rather than raising his arms all the way up and then pulling the trigger. He could just basically from his chest, just point the gun, shoot, shoot. And then as he's extending his arms, keep shooting, keep keep shooting. And you see that in John Wick. Now watching General for Garner, it seems like she had decent training, not the extent of John Wick because John Wick and... uh, uh, Keanu Reeves just did an amazing job but you could tell she had some experience and she was taught well and I really really appreciate that because it's so irritating when I see people in movies that have no clue about guns and they, they try to act like they do I'm like okay I know that you're just an actor now because of the way you're holding the gun so I really appreciate that did you notice anything like that? Um, yeah, I noticed that she seemed to handle herself really well and she seemed super confident uh, holding those guns that's what I noticed got it so, yeah, so if anybody wants to, definitely go out and watch Keanu Reeves. I think it's like go to YouTube and search Keanu Reeves three-gun shooting. Fantastic. He is he is very, very – I mean, he's literally shooting actual bullets, hitting actual targets, and making sure that you know he's getting his timing done and all that sort of stuff. So um, it really shows how trained he was. I don't know if Jennifer Garner actually did any of that, but um, it's really, really amazing to watch um, somebody like an actor, um, Keanu Reeves, getting really, really uh, good training with firearms yeah totally it is hey one last thing i wanted to talk about was um i really like the fact that uh riley came back 
found Peg in her house and punched her square in the face. She punched that jerk just like her daughter wanted her to. Oh man, that was so um, satisfying. It was funny. I'm watching in the movie theater. There's a bunch of other people. I heard this dude somewhere in front of me said, oh yeah, that's right. Or something like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's he's feeling it because it absolutely is felt so satisfying that she got her, you know, her clock uh, rung by uh, uh, Riley. It was just great. It was. And I liked at the very end, she said, um, well, you just stay here. I'm going to burn your house down with you in it. And then, you know, was walking away and she says, stop squeaking, Peg. And I like how it was kind of like, you know, twisting the knife in her, like one last little jab to make Peg feel like a complete jerk, basically. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> really, really fun scene to, to have that all play out. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah, good, good. Hey, before we get to the lessons learned, anything else you want to discuss? No, no, there's nothing else. I really, you know what? I remember one thing quickly, the exploding of the building. That was pretty amazing. And then for her to actually get out of there alive, it didn't seem too far-fetched. But at the same time, I was like, flames go everywhere, even down. And so, you know, if she's in there, she's really beat up. And But I thought that was um, a really, really cool scene. But it was a little hard for me to think that she was actually alive or, you know, not even singed after that. But, you know, I kind of suspend my disbelief in that. I gotcha. Yeah, I agree. Oh, not only that, but at the very end, when she pulls the trigger to kill Diego, the cops fire, and I guess somehow she drops, rolls away, and gets away without anybody noticing. Maybe those were the two uh, kind of not-so-believable moments. I agree with that one, definitely. And I did appreciate, like... Math or uh, Riley, she was looking at, you know, I'm not going to prison. Like uh, this was a, a death sentence for me. I knew I was going to die. So you're going to die. That's my promise to you. And so, hey, we're not going to prison. So I love that aspect in shooting. But then for her to get away, she might have got hit by the bullet. But for her to get away, uh, just kind of out of, out of nowhere vanish. I thought that was I was like, um, that's a little little far fetched. Yeah, yeah totally. Alrighty, so here's my first lesson, Dust. Uh, Don't allow low-life friends to talk you into anything. In fact, just ditch your low-life friends. Like her husband in the beginning, just listening to that guy, considering pulling off a job, robbing a big drug dealer. Terrible. Ditch those people so you're never faced with that kind of decision. That is a great, great point. Um, I had a very similar one. My number two was, um, and I'm jumping to number two, never rob or mess around with the drug dealers. There you <laughs> go. Don't even be around that. And you took it one step further and said, if anybody else is messing around with drug dealers, don't even be around them. Don't And, you know, if I, you came to me, Dusty, right now and said, Sky, I need some money. Do you know any drug dealers we can rob? My answer is no, because I'm not a freaking lowlife, you know, so ditch those lowlifes. Yeah, you and I learned a long time ago, it might have been from Goonies or something that, you know, you are who you hang around. And so we wanted to make sure that we're hanging around good people and not bad people. So that's a great lesson. Yep. All right. What's your first lesson? My first lesson is obviously I said my second lesson already, but my first lesson was, again, every single time there is a, you know, a movie that you have firearms. Bullets come out of the gun at a very fast speed and goes to your target that's far away. Yes. Never get close to anybody with a gun. If they start walking closer to you, step back. You want to keep your distance. And that's how she got taken out by uh, Diego and got stabbed with the ice pick. I thought, I was like, oh man, that's such a rookie or stupid mistake. You should never even get close to anybody if you have a firearm. 
Yeah, and to your point right there, my second lesson is don't talk, just do it. Remember Brian Mills in Taken. And I know that you remember Taken because we just mentioned it. Brian, he did not kill, you know, Leslie, uh, Liam Neeson, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, Liam ne- <laughs> Neeson's character didn't care to talk to anybody. When he found that this guy in front of him was the bad guy, bam, he killed him. He did not care a lick. He didn't want to, you know, like at the end when she was talking to Diego in his house, she gave him the opportunity to knife her like that. And then she just wanted her last licks in with some words before shooting him. Forget that. Don't talk. Just kill him next time. Reminded me of John Wick. I just love it. He is doesn't say anything at all and just shoots the dudes in the head. I mean, it's just boom. And I loved in John Wick 2 where he gets a phone call when he's in the hotel. He doesn't even say hello, doesn't say anything. And here's the, the bad guy talking and he just literally hangs up on him. Like no words whatsoever. I'm like, yeah, that's the way it's done. That's true, man. Actions speak louder than words. And John Wick and Brian Mills, they both, and for the most part, Riley North in this movie, action spoke louder than words. In the very beginning, she said to that guy, you don't even remember me before she killed him. And that wasn't necessary. I mean, if she was John Wick, she would have just killed him. Absolutely. Now, it may you, make you feel better, but yeah. if the guy gets away, then he gets away. What's ultimately going to make you feel better is the guy's dead. Yep, totally. Sweet. So my, I already said my second one. Um, we'll go with my third one. Have more than one kid. Mm. It's easy because that one kid, obviously it's a bummer if that one dies wholeheartedly, completely, like the, in the movie, in the scenario where the, the uh, peppermint daughter dies. But what was I? that's not what I was thinking about. The first, or when I thought about this, was the birthday. The reason why they had to go out in the first place. You know, she didn't have any brothers or sisters running around to to be there for a happy birthday. Obviously, they probably would have gone out and done some great things. But she was literally just sitting all alone with nobody else. So I think you should have more than one kid uh, because they become friends and they play together and they can entertain themselves. We have I, my wife and I, have four kids, and you you know, whenever we want to, just say hey. Get outside and you guys go play outside by yourselves. Like, don't bother us to go outside and play. And they entertain themselves. You know, they'll throw rocks at each other or whatever it might be. But uh, yeah, it's just have more than one kid so that they can all be entertained by themselves. Totally. I love it. I love it. Um, let me see here. My third lesson is when you're taking on a Goliath, hit them where they're most vulnerable. So she started her whole killing spree with these three random gang members, right? They weren't at Diego's home. They weren't guarding anything. It looked like she just killed them. Then she took out the lawyers and then she took out the guys in the uh, pinata factory and some other random guys here and there. She didn't actually ever go and attack the big boss straight away, which she could have done. Oh, and also before this, she she had hit some drug shipments and stuff, right? So when they weren't expecting it, she was doing a little damage here and there before she had killed enough of his guys to make attacking him easier. That makes sense. Now, it could be you lose the element of surprise. You know, if you just say, go after Diego, why not? Hey, when he goes to Costco, <laughs> get your sniper rifle and shoot him. You know, that, that could be as easy as doing that. Uh, but at the, but then, then we can... wouldn't have a movie, so... <laughs> Because I was thinking the element of surprise is definitely one that is uh, you only have once. And then once it's given up, you're, you're, it's given up. But uh, it, it's a great point. She definitely did a good job whittling her way, taking out just little by little and actually putting him on the defensive. You know, he's like, man, this this chick is bad. She means business. And so he is now on the defensive. Totally. And we all know from, uh, I can't remember the movie, but we discussed the lessons before. Always stay on the offensive, even when you're winning the game, because offense wins, you know? 
Yeah, and I do love, and this would be another life lesson, but it's it's also something that we've always um, said in other movies is constantly be moving. Um, and you said uh, Scarecrow in, in one of his books, or the book that has the character Scarecrow, he says movement is life. Constantly be moving. And especially in fighting, in firefights or whatever, you need to constantly, constantly be moving. Once you sit still, you give yourself up and you're dead. Yep, Absolutely. So those are my lessons. Do you have a, a third or a fourth or a fourth lesson? Nope, that's all. Sweet. So real quick, my Monday morning quarterback was something that happened at the very beginning. Put some gauze between your leg wound and that duct tape. Oh, because man. Because when you're ripping off that duct tape, man, you're going to be, ooh, that's going to be painful. It might even open it back up again. That yeah, duct tape's going to totally. pull really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Sweet. My Monday morning quarterback and... This is, I'm almost splitting hairs um, because I know in the scenario you don't think that fast. But the dad, when the gangbangers came driving by, well, this is this is before my other Monday morning quarterback where he shouldn't even entertain it. Like you said, um, your uh, first lesson, don't associate with lowlifes. Yeah. That's my Monday morning quarterback. Like he mm. should definitely should not be um, around or even talking to lowlifes like that. But at the same time, my Monday morning quarterback that I want to add it on was, and I know it's going to be hard to do, but as soon as there's firefights or, you know, bullets flying, you know, he went to grab his daughter, but which is, you know, it's a good thing. They didn't know that he was after her, that they were after him and not her, but there's a car there. If at best you can turn around and let it hit you instead of hitting her or throw her behind the car. Now, again, like I said, I know I'm splitting hairs. I know I'm getting really, really uh, meticulous on it because it was slow motion. You know, it's like, oh, he has plenty of time to grab the daughter and throw her behind the car because it's slow motion. But all that to say, um, if, if at best you can try to per, you know put yourself between you or between her and where the bullets are flying. But again, the biggest Monday morning quarterback is don't associate with low lives. Totally, totally. Um, my movie prop that I would like to own, uh, that that ice pick that she that he stabbed her with, um, it was just kind of a cool looking ice pick when he first picked it up and started chopping ice with his associates before she got there. But I would like to own that because um, it's a cool looking ice pick. But for a second reason is that now I would have another weapon in my home like we talked about in Deadpool 2. Know where your weapons are. Know how to defend yourself in your own home. I would have another weapon right there at the ready in case I need it. That's fantastic. Actually, that is my movie prop that I was wanting. I thought, you know, there are plenty of other props out there, like either the the cool firearms or the shotgun, the super awesome shotgun that she was walking around shooting, you know, things like that. Um, even the the van was pretty pretty fun to look at. I would remember if you think about the Ant Man and the Wasp, they have the uh, the that 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 van that was pretty fun, but. For me, it was the ice pick. I think ah. the same exact thing. I couldn't think of any other um, movie props that were compact enough. You know, like if we're thinking of outfitting our house with with these movie props, you know, there is that um, uh, plenty of well, there's plenty of other things that we could have put in there. But the ice pick is compact and is very iconic. The only other quick thought, and I wouldn't want it, but the only other quick thought was that reindeer, that little reindeer that oh. uh, she took from the judge. Oh, that's that would actually be, a cool one, yeah. Yeah, that'd be very iconic. And you say, hey, this was the reindeer taken from the judge. Yeah, sweet, man. I, I, I actually, I like that idea. That, because like you said, if you're outfitting your old house in different movie props, you don't want that gigantic statue of death with the Sith you know, or the I, scythe, you know what I mean? I thought that too, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. So um, 
I give this movie definitely an 80. Um, It doesn't offer anything new, but it was still really good. You know how you love pepperoni pizza, right, Dust? Yep. Well, after you've had six pepperoni pizzas in your life, you didn't turn down the seventh and never eat it again. You know what I mean? Correct. Pepperoni pizza is good. Once a month, once a week even, you can constantly eat it. So these awesome revenge movies with crazy, uh, like, uh, 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 just l- violence that you just love to watch because she's getting revenge, I can watch these kind of movies over and over again. So I don't care that it didn't bring anything new. I give it an 80. That's great. Now, I think you're... My, at least for me, a little more um, uh, generous on the the score. Now, remember, we said uh, when we first started doing the rankings, we were trying to stay away from the seventy. You know, because the seventy is it's easy just to throw a seventy at it. You know, it's a C, and you know, I could like it, I could not like it. But what put me below a seventy instead of above a seventy was because. I could definitely live my life without watching again. I could, I like, I have no desire to watch well, it again. Well, that's true. And so for me, that brings it just down below it. So I give it a 68, even though, like I said, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. I was absolutely entertained, but I wouldn't watch it again. Like it wouldn't be something that I would like, hey, let's make sure we watch it again. So I give it a 68. And if if I didn't, you know, make the, the conscious effort of keeping it out of the 70, it would be like a 76, 75, yeah. somewhere around there, like right in the middle range. But because we're trying to be a little more uh, strategic, 68 for me. Nice, man. I really like your rationale there. That makes total sense to me. Um, so this week, this movie was your choice. Next week is my choice. And I want to do a movie that we both saw plenty of times growing up. We love this movie. Uh, it's from the 80s, of course. It is called Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> Top Gun. That is such an iconic movie. I, I'm so looking forward to it. It looks fantastic. Good, good. When was the last time you watched it? Oh, goodness. Man, too long ago, apparently. Uh, at <laughs> least. Well, I've been married for 12 years. I haven't watched it in that time. So at least maybe four or five years before that. So maybe 17 years. Nice, man. Yeah, a long time. Me too. Probably you? the same thing, give or take. Oh, man. So I'm looking forward to catching up on an old classic. And you know what? Thinking about Top Gun, there are so many iconic scenes in that movie. Like if you think about the volleyball scene, the um, bathroom scene where he goes in the bathroom, or the um, you never close your eyes anymore, the goose dying, all those sort of things. So many iconic shots and quotes even in there. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Great movie. Good pick. Sweet, sweet. So um, for the listeners, if you want to go to the show notes page at www.watchandlearnpodcast.com slash peppermint, you can see a list of all the lessons that we learned, as well as uh, watch, check out a few screenshots that we have there from the movie, and of course, a link to the official trailer. And thank you so much for listening today, and we will return next week with Top Gun. <laughs>